This is Choices from Struggle to Strength. And today I'm happy to have Joy Renique with me, and she's going to share a bit about her journey. Welcome, Joy. Hi, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Tell us what you are passionate about, Joy, and why. So I'm really passionate about self-awareness. Um, I'm on this really fun journey to self-actualization, which is a fancy way of just kind of really being in tune with yourself and knowing um, and also monitoring your own personal growth. That's something that's really, really important to me. Um, and so I, I focus on that in my career. I focus on that as an entrepreneur in the businesses that I start. I think that it's really important that people take the time and actually be intentional about their personal growth. It is important to pay attention to ourselves. And often we're so busy doing everything else that we don't pay attention, right? Right. I can definitely, I could definitely relate to that. I'm a mom. I have four small kids. My oldest is nine. My youngest is three. And I definitely don't always have the time, but I still make sure that I kind of fit it in into my daily schedule, the things that I'm doing on a regular basis. Sometimes I even ask my kids to remind me of things because their memory is way better than my memory. (laughs) Um, But I definitely try my best to like fit in that in a way that is going to not really add a new thing to my plate, but that I'm just, it's a part of my everyday life. That's great. And I love how you're incorporating your kids and having them help you. <laughs> they love it too. <laughs> they make them hey, feel don't important. Forget, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> so share a bit about your story of struggle and what you've been through. So I think my biggest struggle was trying to conquer codependency. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was raised as an only child. And um, I say raised because my dad has other children, but my mom was my primary caregiver. So I still really had only child syndrome my whole life. And um, I had this bubble around me where I really didn't have a lot of self-awareness. I really didn't pay attention to my surroundings. If it didn't directly affect me, I didn't know that it was a problem. But I think not necessarily that my bubble burst, it just shrunk and shrunk and shrunk as I got older. Um, And I realized when my mom, she moved away my senior year of high school, and she asked me for my permission, not necessarily my permission, but how did I feel about her moving away? And Mm -hmm. I was fine with it because I didn't realize how attached I was to her. Everyone around us was like, is she crazy? Your mom is leaving you? (laughs) What's the problem? But me and her had such a great relationship that I didn't at the time look at it as abandonment. Um, She moved out. I was living with my grandparents already. So she just moved out. It wasn't like I had to go live somewhere else. I wasn't uprooted at all. I just got the security blanket snatched from under me and I didn't realize it um, until probably when I went to college. So again, I'm a grown up. I'm 18 years old. It was the middle of my senior year. I kind of finished the school year off. But when I went to college, the reality hit that I wasn't really prepared because I depended so much on my mom, on my grandmother, on the people around me. And even as I got older, my husband, when when we were dating, I had to realize how much weight I was putting on him because I was just so codependent. I thought that that was fine that um that it wasn't it wasn't anything wrong with it but then it just it it kind of uh, didn't allow me to be autonomous didn't allow me to really 
reach my full potential. So I, and again, the crazy part about it is I'm still a very social person. I like my connections with people. So I don't want people to think that I went from one extreme to the next because I didn't. Mm-hmm. I definitely am not Miss Independent. I don't need anybody. That's not my personality. I just found ways that I'm not a burden to anybody or that I'm not so dependent on somebody that if they were removed from my life, I couldn't function. I couldn't thrive. And that that was very important, um, a part of my story. And I think, like I said, it's still something that I continuously work on um, in my relationships, but I'm way, way, way better than I was when I first started. So what was, I mean, you talked about being codependent with your mom and then also with your husband, what was the turning point for you? And when did you realize that you needed to make a decision and a choice to work on that? So you're going to (laughs) laugh because this people are going to think this is really ridiculous, but it's a real story. So I was in college and I was in the store having, having to buy tooth, a toothbrush. And mm-hmm. if you go to the toothbrush sec- section in the store, it's a million options. Like it's hard, soft, medium. Like it's just, I was so overwhelmed. So I called my mom and I'm like, hey mom, what kind of toothbrush to buy? And she wouldn't <laughs> give me an answer. And I was like, what toothbrush have you been buying from me my whole life? I want to get the same toothbrush. Just tell me and then I could buy it. And she wouldn't answer me. And I was literally to tears mm. and f- frustrated. Instead of, I wasn't poor. I could have bought a few and tried it out. Like my rational mind was not telling me that this was not an emergency situation and this was not a hard decision to make. And that was like my aha moment. Even I talked to my cousin and my cousin, I think she was there with me. And she was like looking at me like, what's wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) And so that was definitely a turning point because for me to be like that over tooth, a toothbrush, imagine how I was in any other decisions. Mm. And then again, it was resurfaced with my husband. He says that I'm mentally lazy. I don't like to think about things. And I'm a very intelligent person. I'm college educated. I can figure things out when I put my mind to it. Mm-hmm. But things that I feel like other people already have the answer to, I never thought that I would have to, like I would get the resistance that somebody wouldn't just give me the answer. And so that was really the biggest aha moment. Um, I've had other things that didn't affect me as much as those two things um, because I moved away from home. So I had to deal, figure out new friendships, new things. But understanding that I was making an emergency out of something so small and mm-hmm. depending so much and putting that much weight on other people, it really, it really gave me time to say, okay, I need to get myself together. <laughs> I need to find ways to to really manage. And then I need to prioritize, like, is this an emergency? Do I really need help making this decision? Um, being able to really feel affirmed, like feel confident in the decisions I make, because as a parent, you're constantly having to make quick, quick decisions. Um, and so that transition to parenthood, although fun, and you know, everybody highlights the, the fun parts of parenthood and the heartwarming parts of parenthood, being a decision maker, um, was hard for me. And, um, and so that was all like, all of it was happening at once. It's just, you know, you grow up and it's like, 
I realized for me, I think that grownups are just kids that just keep like we when I was a kid, I looked at grownups like superheroes. They knew all the answers. And then I realized my mama was just winging it the whole time. Like <laughs> she just did a good job convincing me that she had it all together. But she really she did a great job, but she was just winging it like she literally was just going with the flow. And that was hard for me because I, I like to plan stuff out. I like to be in control. I like to know everything and so that was really that was really like the the turning point for me so was fear at the root of it or how did you figure out how to deal with your codependency no I don't think that it was fear I think it was more I think it was more so just realize like that self-actualization learning this about myself and then working to improving that paying attention I think it was just awareness not paying attention to things and Mm -hmm. then next thing you know it's like you're noticing all of these things that you never really you never really knew that was there that that was what I was experiencing it was just almost like my brain had exploded and it's like okay wait now I have to get things in order and that kind of that kind of segued way into me being more conscious about things. It was, it's, it's definitely a practice. Like, cause I'm, mm. I'm just a very oblivious person sometimes depending on like, if I'm at my job, there's things I have to focus on things that right. I have to pick up on. I, in my mind, I'm already looking for those things, mm-hmm. but in my regular life, I wasn't looking for anything. I was just living. And then okay. I had to realize, okay, no, you need to look at these patterns and you need to see why is this keep coming up? It could be something as simple as my workout regimen. Like I realized that I can't hold myself accountable all the time, but if I go to a group session, Uh those people don't owe me anything. We're all, but we all have the same goal. And so we motivate each other in that setting. And that's where I flourish in when I'm in a part of a team, Mm -hmm. when I'm me and my husband, we're a team, but I don't expect him to pull more weight than me. We kind of manage what, what our strengths are, but then I realized, okay, he might be tired today or he might mm-hmm. just not have the energy or the capacity to do, to be what I need him to be and understanding that that's okay. Like that's not his job. He's a human being. Right. Um, my mom just did so much to protect me and to like shelter me that I I expected that for the rest of my life. And that was a harsh reality that I had to realize like, no, um, that's not how life works. Yeah. <laughs> So how has working through codependency and and being more aware of yourself helped you in other areas? So I think I've, the first thing I, w- I want to go back to is uh, being a parent, um, making sure that I feel I feel confident in my decisions, because I don't want to be that parent who's, who's always like, wait till your dad gets home or um, I don't want to be that parent where I don't feel like I want. And my husband's the same way. When we go to the school, it's like, talk to me. I'll relay the message to the other parent, but we're both equally invested. And I, I like to have that confidence. Mm-hmm. So I know that when I decided that I, cause I mean, co-parenting is, is, is fun and awesome. And I definitely need him. I would never say that he is replaceable or that I could do it without him. Right. But I just, I love the fact that I can do it with him and I'm an equal runner in the race that none of us is has most more weight on decision making on um no one knows more about a specific thing and if they do it's just because they're better at it 
but we still touch bases with each other. So I think that it's helped me in my in, in all of my relationships, um, my my really intimate relationships, being able to um, have my own autonomy, but then also understanding the need that I do have of people around me. Because um, mm-hmm. like I said, I think that far extreme where people is like, I don't need anybody. I, if you want right. it done right, just do it yourself. I'm really good at communicating my needs. I'm really good at getting what I want in, by communicating, not necessarily taking advantage, but just being able right. to kind of negotiate with people or or present it to somebody where they're receiving it as opposed to they're ignoring it or their their defense mechanisms are up because they're overloaded and now I'm trying to hand them my stuff. So those are things that I was good at. So it kind of like, it helped me to get better at the things I was already good at right. by, by making sure that I was just aware. Just being aware is, people don't understand. Like you said, you get busy, you go to work, you get caught in the hamster wheel mm-hmm. and you really don't see how much life is passing you by because mm-hmm. you're not paying attention. That's, that's, really, that's really my takeaway from it all. So what tips do you have for people who are struggling with awareness? Like what, what do you do to make sure that you are paying attention? My number one, if you don't remember anything else from this interview, my number one thing I tell people to do is journal. Um, I in, in journal or use a planner, but find a way to document your day-to-day tasks. Number one, because then you'll notice patterns. You'll be able to see um, and sometimes you, if you're detailed in your writing, you'll see how, what time of the week or what time of the month you're, you're in a bad mood or what time of the day you're not, your energy is high or low. You'll start noticing patterns just in your, in, in your mood. And mm-hmm. then you'll start long-term. I know people see, you know, Facebook memories or they, these memories come up and you look and sometimes you cringe and you're like, I can't believe I used to talk like that. <laughs> or, <laughs> or sometimes you're proud, like, oh my God, I feel the same way. You know, I, I, you, you look at it and you're like, I knew what I was talking about, or you, you, you predicted some outcome that you're now living in that outcome. So Facebook is unreliable. You know, they could shut down when they shut down my space. I was devastated. I had so much quality content on my space and now I can't go and access it. And so we have to stop letting these social media sites have all of our good stuff. We have to find a way to have our good stuff in a journal, in a private um, place where we can really reflect on it. And again, that self-reflection is so important because I was lucky that something happened and I paid attention and, and was able to make the change. Sometimes you sometimes somebody will tell you, hey, this is you're crazy. You need to stop. And then sometimes pe- nobody will tell you. They'll let you live in this bubble and they'll right. let you continue your life. And you don't realize how that's affecting your relationships. Mm-hmm. You don't realize how that is how your quality of life is not where it can be because you're not paying attention and because you're not being intentional about your personal growth. So I feel like all of that can be accomplished in journaling. Um, And I know some people feel like writing is hard, but you can, there's different ways you can incorporate it where it's easy and sweet. Um, Even if it's just a few sentences, even if it's voice notes, but being able to find a way to really track and monitor your behavior um, and then check in with people. Cause that's another way people, your people around, you know, they might be scared to tell you, or they might have told you when you wasn't listening uh-huh. <laughs> because they, sometimes people tell you at the wrong time, like at the time of me 
having my meltdown about the toothbrushes was not an existential moment that my mom was supposed to snap on me and like make me feel bad. She just, all she said was, no, I'm not, I'm not telling you. And that was enough. Like her just saying, no, I'm not doing that was enough. And sometimes people don't have that, that care and concern. Sometimes people like belittle you or they make you feel like, don't, don't take it as that. Take, take it at surface level. What is the problem and how do I get out of this problem so Mm -hmm. that I don't have to, I don't need this person to, to fix to decide what toothbrush to buy. <laughs> I love that story because again, right now it's ridiculous to me, but I was crying in the store. I was so mm-hmm. mad mm-hmm. because to me, it's like, all she had to do was just tell me what toothbrush to buy, but it was so much bigger than that. And I'm so glad that I, I noticed that. And then I also have my cousin right there with me to say, Joy, get a toothbrush. You need Right. <laughs> right. So what doors has that dealing with codependency opened for you? What do you, how are you using that in your life now? So um, I actually now have a journal company that I have started. I'm so passionate about it because I really want people to tell their experiences, but mm-hmm. even more to, in connection with others. And so what's unique about my company is that my, I want people to talk about it to generations and generations. Like, I don't want it just to be your immediate family, your small circle. I want your story to be a part of your great, great grandchildren's library where they could go back and say, my, my great grandma was so cool. She used to do this or she was weird, but I'm weird. And that's, that's so cool that we're both weird. Like, I think that's so powerful to Mm -hmm. be able to have a connection in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And then here's one last quick story so what what inspired that was an interview I did of my aunt in college and my aunt we were close we had she had a special nickname for me I was the star child (laughs) and um when I did the interview the the professor said you can't interview it has to be an elderly person but not your grandparents because you know you know your grandparents pretty much so I did my grandma's sister and when I realized how much I didn't know about her she used to she used to work on a chicken farm and she sold chickens to the grocery store for a dollar a piece like that was craziness <laughs> but that was so cool to know and now so this happened literally over 10 years ago some in my I was laying down I was like let me search my email and see if I could find that interview and literally recently I found the interview she's mm. she's passed away now she's not mm. even here anymore but her kids, I was able to email it to them and they were e- able to read wow. and get, and hear their their mom's story of uh-huh. something that happened over 10 years ago. I, you don't understand how powerful, like I'm getting chills just thinking about it because this is recent. This is a recent thing that happened and it was literally accidental, but it just goes to show, keep your things, you know, emails, a lot of times emails is way more reliable than social media. So mm-hmm. being able, if you want to email yourself, some people make like a dummy email um, account and they send pictures and messages to it so that they can go back or they can give it off to another a child or grandchild. Right. There are so many creative ways to do this that is not necessarily the traditional pen to paper. And I still recommend pen to paper, um, but I don't, it's not mandatory because right. at the end of the day, the point is just to make sure it's your words mm-hmm. and nobody has to figure out or remember what you said if you write it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pictures can be very powerful too, right? 
Right, right. Definitely. But the thing is, pictures, we make up the stories for the pictures. If yes. you tell the story, yes. then because I could show you a picture and you could you could think it's one thing and it's something way different <laughs> than what the picture looks like it is. So I, I really, really emphasize words because we've gone into a video picture world right now yes. Yes. where that's all we want to do is just look at pictures and these little short TikTok videos, which is cool. I'm not down in it. It's cool. I love technology, but we still need to kind of get back to the basics because yes. Our brain and our anatomy works better with pen to paper. It yeah. literally, when you write something down, it, it's literally telling your brain, this is important. I need to remember this. Yes. And that's what I think people should do. Just try it and try it consistently. And you will be surprised the benefits that you receive from it. Mm-hmm. Even five minutes a day, right? Right. That's it. Literally, it does not have to take all day. You don't have to write 10 pages. Literally five minutes a day, you still will see a, a benefit. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with us? Um, I think that was that was the most important thing. Like outside of me me selling journals, because you could go to Dollar Tree and get a journal. You mm-hmm. can go. You can find. You got sometimes you have pen and paper around. Just find a way to be able to and be. So I guess the most important thing is be intentional because sometimes you'll say, oh, that's a great idea and you'll feel good about it, but then you don't stay consistent with it. So like I said, sometimes I'll remind my kids, hey, don't let me forget this. And let me tell you, they don't <laughs> they don't let you <laughs> but mommy, you said, and it's like, you don't want to be a liar in front of your kids. So right. if you need somebody to hold you accountable, that, and if you mean it and you know that it's important, that's what I do. Um, put a reminder in your phone and, and don't just, uh, when the reminder comes, just dismiss. If you got to snooze it 10 times until you take the time to write your five minutes, find a way that is going to be a little bit annoying <laughs> until, because you want that little nag, if it's a healthy nag, mm-hmm. um, and then eventually it'll be a habit and you won't even need the reminder anymore but right. definitely find a very reliable source to be reminded because mm-hmm. that's how like our bodies if you if you neglect it you're going to be reminded one way or another that something's wrong something's missing mm-hmm. and um but we have to do that with our brains we have right. to do that with our with our routines we have mm-hmm. to really figure out a way to be very intentional about it so if i do want to leave people with action steps to really take this seriously. If this is something that you want to work on, make a plan and then find a way to like hold yourself accountable for that plan. Don't just say it and say, I'm going to figure it out by myself because that doesn't always work out. Right. No, really good tips. Thank you for sharing that. You've mentioned your journals, but you haven't told us what's unique about your journals. So, um, so it's called Celebrate Legacy. And it, the, the tagline is, is a journal for life's experiences to share, to share with loved ones and future generations. Mm. So it's really important. Um, the journal, when you buy it, it comes with just a few questions and it's blank. But then I provide support via a, a, online, a free email subscription where I send prompts weekly. I send prompts daily on my business Instagram page. So I really want to make sure that people understand you're not in this alone, but we're not going to do it for you. It's not a right. fill in the blank thing because I bought those when my kids were born. You know, they asked all the little milestone questions, but I never finished filling it out. Because, <laughs> and there's all these blank spaces because some stuff I don't care about or doesn't right. apply to me where with the blank journal, 
you write about what's important to you and you pick and choose what you what story you want to tell. So if you want if you want to talk a lot about something and a little about something else, you right. have the flexibility to do that. And um and so that's why that's what makes my my journal unique because it it empowers you to right. to really make it your own. Um, it even has a, a planner setting where you can add or remove the pages. So again, you're not married to the setting of it. You know, those perfectly bound books, you want to rip it out and then it's ugly. <laughs> and your handwriting, some people are perfectionists. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> um, so I really wanted to like eliminate all of that stuff to make <laughs> it really something that you would be proud to pass down and that you can give your good stuff to people who who you, you will be surprised. We don't talk about everything. We don't talk about sometimes our dark moments, or even sometimes we might not even think about it as something to talk about uh, a struggle we had at work and being able to overcome, you know, bad management, those little things, somebody Mm -hmm. in your family might be struggling with that same thing, but they don't know you're struggling with it. And now you have a way to, for them to access it and they can ask more questions and you can build closer bonds that way. Right. Well, that sounds really great. Thanks for sharing with us today. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you? So on Instagram, um, more than joy, and that's joy with the I. So more than joy. And then my business is Celebrate Legacy, but I'm Celebrate Legacy everywhere, Facebook, Twitter. I'm not Twitter because somebody stole Celebrate Legacy and they, they <laughs> that page has been closed for 10 years, but Twitter won't let me have it. Right. <laughs> But um, everywhere except Twitter, I'm cel- on LinkedIn, I'm Celebrate Legacy, um, and more than joy at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us today and for sharing about your way that you dealt with your problem, and now you're using it to bless other people. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this talk. I know this is something that a lot of people can relate to. Um, and again, something that people might not even realize is a problem. <laughs> so I'm hoping that that, that kind of opens up a few eyes and people can say wait a minute do I do I know what kind of peanut butter I like (laughs) (laughs) it's just too much option (laughs) thank you very much